Welcome to the house. We hope this podcast blesses you and encourages you. Enjoy. Thank you guys so much for joining us this evening, man. It's great to see you, family. Thank you for, for allowing me to connect with you tonight. And thank you for connecting tonight. I believe God is, is here. I believe God is in this place. So thank you, Danny and Dom. What an incredible job leading us in worship. We love you and uh, an, an incredible job. Thank you so much for doing that. So tonight I, I have something that was simple I'm going to share with you. Uh, I, I had messaged Danny earlier in the week. Um, you know, and I think it was last week I said, Hey, you know, what have you guys been talking about? I, I've chimed in here or there, but you know, and he shared with me just the heart of the house and where you guys are at. And, and it, it felt so right what I had been feeling leading up to today. And so tonight I believe God has a word for your life. So I encourage you, uh, you know, yeah, open your heart, open your mind and just really open, open yourself up to receive something that God has for your life. And, and tonight, I believe God is going to speak to you, not me. I believe it's going to be God. So right there where you are, would you mind just bowing your heads and, and closing your eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for an incredible time of worship. Thank you, Lord, for an incredible night that we have tonight. Father, where we could be doing a million other things and, and being out and doing different uh, types of activities. But Father, we are here tonight. We are connected. We are a part of this house. We're part of the house. We're part of your people, Father God, ready to receive uh, and to engage in your word. So I ask God that you would speak to us tonight. Let it be you, Jesus. Don't, don't let it be me. I ask that it would be you, Lord. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. Use me, Lord. And I ask that a special anointing would fall upon your children tonight. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. If you have your Bible, could you open it up with me to 2 Kings chapter 5? 2 Kings chapter 5, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 14. Uh, there's a story about a man named Naaman, and maybe you've heard the story, so just, you know, amuse me for a second. But if you haven't, I want to encourage you today, uh, number one, read your Bible. <laughs> it's important because that's the Word of God. Uh, I guarantee you it's better than all the shows, the new shows on Netflix. And trust me, I've been watching some gnarly ones. I like the murder mystery ones. We've been into those ones. There's one called The Staircase. Okay, enough about Netflix. Uh, so read your Bible. I know, right? Uh, read your Bible. And, uh, and, and it's better than anything you can watch on Netflix. I promise you this. This story is incredible. Uh, 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 1 through 14 and it says like this it says now Naaman I'm going to read from the new uh, international version it says now Naaman was commander of the army of the king of Aram and he was a great man in the sight of the master and highly regarded because through him the Lord had given victory to Aram and it said he was a valiant soldier but he had leprosy check it out incredible man but he had leprosy, the word of God says. And now the bands of raiders of Aram had gone out and taken captive a young girl from Israel. And she served Naaman's wife. And she had said to her mistress, only if my master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. Now Naaman went to his master and told him, uh, Naaman went to his master and told him what the girl from Israel had said. And by all means go, the king replied, I will send a letter. I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left and taken with him the talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, uh, 10 cents of clothing, the letter that he took and the king of Israel read, with this letter I am sending you my servant Naaman. It says like this, I'm sending you my servant Naaman to you that you may cure him of his leprosy. Verse 7, and as soon as the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his robes and said, am I God? Am I God? Can I kill and bring back life? Why does this fellow send someone to me to be cured of his leprosy? 
See that he is trying to pick a quarrel with me. All of a sudden things got confused, right? Verse eight, but when Elisha, the man of God heard the king of Israel had torn his robes, he sent him this message. Why have you torn your robes? Have the man come to me and he will know. Have the man come to me and he will know what there is a prophet, that there is a prophet in Israel. Verse nine, so Naaman went to the horses and chariots and stopped at the door of the Elisha's house. Elisha sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself. Check it out, Elisha did do it himself. He sent a messenger. To go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored to you and be cleansed. But Naaman went away angry and said, I thought that he would surely come out to me and he would stand and call my name and call my name to the Lord, his God, and wave his hand over the spot and cure my leprosy. Are not Abana and, and, and far, far of the rivers and Damascus better than the waters in Israel? Couldn't I wash myself and be cleansed in them? So he turned and went off in a rage. Verse 13 says, Naaman's servants went to him and said, My father, my God, my dude, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you have not done it? Wash and be cleansed. So verse 14, it says, So he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times. Seven times. Do you remember that number? That's the number of perfection. And as the man of God had told him, his flesh was restored and he became clean like a young boy. An incredible story, right? Incredible story. Here's a man who was highly regarded, a warrior, a general, a man that you would think not even 2020 could get to this dude. An incredible man. Yet he was fighting with something. It's crazy to think that all of us in 2020 and even in the new months of 2021, this pandemic has come in kind of like a leprosy where no one could detect it, no one could see it. And if you had it, you weren't sure you had it. You weren't, it wasn't something that could be physically seen, but yet it was something that you could feel that you were fighting with, that you were praying and covering yourself with the blood of Jesus. And you were asking, or better yet, you were telling yourself, there is no hope. When we go into 2021, there is a vaccine. If you choose to get vaccinated, obviously, there is hope in the horizon. But what the world tells us there is hope is very different from what the word of God tells us there is hope. Because hope for the world is simply something physical that you can see. But hope from Jesus comes within, where you can't see it, where you can't physically touch it. It is a hope that will lift you up and tell you better days are ahead. So tonight I want to preach off that simple message, better days are ahead. Now, Naaman is a desperate man. Check it. He is a man seeking answers to an incurable problem. He has leprosy. Now, if you don't know too much about leprosy, it is a very, very uh, horrible skin condition. It almost looks like open wounds all over your body and it would completely engulf you and it would slowly kill you. And back in the day, they did not have a cure for it. And so what they would do to lepers is that they would send them on the outskirts of their city where they would congregate with other lepers. So it wasn't bad enough that they would tell you to go away. They'd say, ill, go away, we'll hang out with the other lepers, right? And they would shun them from their cities. Imagine being a father having leprosy and all of a sudden saying, I can no longer be with my family or a mother or a daughter. And they would say, we're sorry, 
but because we cannot cure you and we do not know how this disease will affect the rest of the family, you have to go away. And so they would send them to the outskirts of the city. I believe that there is also a story in the New Testament where Jesus also heals 10 lepers. Remember that story? And it says that they came before him and they threw themselves before the Lord and they said, Lord, have mercy on our soul. And the Lord replies to them and says, you have been forgiven. Remember that? I'm going to come back to that in a second. So here's Naaman. He needs a miracle. He's got a problem, a big problem. He has an issue that can't be resolved. And that's the first thing you need to know about miracles. And this is the first thing you need to know about having hope is that all of God's miracles have one thing in common. And you know what it is? It's that they all start with the problem. They all start with the pandemic. They all start with a situation that is greater than yourself. And this is a moment where God gives birth to miracles and hope in our lives where we begin to understand that God is in control. Now, how many of us here have ever had a problem where we literally have to say, God, I need you. Raise your hand. Let me see those hands. Amen. Okay, I'm not alone. I'm sure all of us at one point have had a situation where we tell ourselves, Lord, I just can't do this anymore. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you to turn away my, you know, my circumstance. I need you to turn this thing around because Lord, I simply cannot do this by myself. So here's Naaman asking himself, Lord, what do I do? He, did, he knew that he was a powerful man. He knew that he could defeat another army, that he could defeat an enemy, but he didn't know what to do with this. This is what he had inside. Because underneath all that armor, underneath all that protection that he would have when he would go into battle, there was something that he could not hide from himself. And that was his life. Maybe today you're dealing with something that you're very good at hiding. You know, you can put on this nice armor of, you know, I'm all right, you know, I'm okay, I'm making it, you know, 2020 almost got me, but it didn't get me, and here I am in 2021, and you're good at faking it till you're making it, but let me tell you something, you know deep down inside that there is a problem in your life that you need to change. So here's Naaman, losing hope. And the first thing that Naaman did with his problem, number one, he admitted it. He simply said, God, I need help. I do not know what to do. It says there, go back with me, 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 4. Sorry, verse uh, verse 2. Now the band of raiders had gone out and had taken captive a young girl from Israel, and she reserved, and she served Naaman's wife, verse 3, and said, she said to her mistress, if only master would see the prophet who was in Samaria, he would cure him of his nightmares. So he knew he had a problem. And it took something so small and so insignificant in his life that he knew that he had to turn things around because we falsely think that if we don't talk about it, that if we don't acknowledge it, it doesn't exist. But it's always gonna be there. It's always gonna be hanging around. Maybe your leprosy is called sin. Maybe your leprosy is called an addiction. Maybe your leprosy is called whatever. And you're telling yourself tonight, Man, I just don't know what I'm going to do. But God is telling you, you got to admit it first. The, any, the most important road for a believer, I'm talking to the children of God, the most important road for every road, you know, path for a believer is understanding that every day we need Jesus. There is not a single day that I don't wake up and I go, Lord, I need you. I simply need you. I cannot do this alone. 
I've tried on my own. I've tried on my own strength. I tried on my own intelligence, but simply, Lord, I need you. Number one, I have a problem. I need you in my life. So the first thing you do is you admit the problem. You admit that you have the leprosy, that you have the sin, and that you need the Lord. And the second step in the process is preparing you for, to receive your miracle. And that is this. Number, number two, you got to be willing to do something about it. You're never going to get to the next step if you're not willing to do something about it. I know these are the most profound words you've ever heard in your life. <laughs> I'm a practical teacher. I'm a practical preacher. But listen, I'm going to give it to you straight. You got to understand this. You got to be willing to do something about it. Be willing to not only recognize it, but to confront it. You see, Naaman was not only too willing to admit his problem, he was willing to do some radical things to get his problems fixed. Let me tell you the first radical thing he did. Number one, if you're married, you're going to get this. He didn't ask his wife for advice. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm joking. If you're married, you know what I'm saying. You go to your wife first, then you go to another girl. You go to your wife first before you ask anybody else. And all the women said amen. So Naaman heard the advice of a young girl. And then he went to his king and the king said, go. What did he do? He took everything with him. The word of God says in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 4, and says, so Naaman went to his master, told him that the girl of Israel had said, by all means go, the king said, I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So Naaman left, taking with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, 10 sets of clothing. The letter that he took to the king of Israel read, with this letter, I am sending you my servant Naaman to you that you may cure him of his leprosy. He was willing to only admit he had a problem, but secondly, he was willing to do something about it. As it turns out, Naaman took the advice so much that he was willing to take everything he had with him, all the gold, all the silver, everything he had, simply to see God move in his life. Can I ask you something here tonight? What are you willing to do to see a miracle happen in your life? What are you willing to shake up in your life in order for God to do something. Because to see the enemy tries to trick us into saying, well, you know, you know, there's a lot of maybe passive Christians and passive people that go, you know, well, if the Lord wanted me to have it, he would have sent it down, you know, in a dream and then revealed it to me five times through, you know, Pastor Danny. And then, you know, he would have spoke to me at Starbucks and then he would have just simply put it in my lap. So until the Lord does that, I'm just going to hang out, you know, because the Bible says that in his time. Now, let me tell you something. In order for you to get your miracle, you got to be willing to do something about it. Naaman was willing to do something about it. You know why? Because the Bible says faith without works is dead. You can have all the faith in this world, but you got to be willing to do the work. And Naaman said, I just don't want to hear about this prophet. I don't want to just hear about what's going on. I want to do something about it in my life. I am willing to go forward. I am willing to take all my gold, all my silver, all my clothing. I am willing to see my miracle. I'm telling you here tonight, God is getting ready to do a miracle in you, but you got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone and say, Lord, I want to believe again. I want to hope again. I want to just simply put all my faith in you again. I want to cry again. I want to just shout out one more time that you are my God. So you got to be willing to do something about it. So here goes Naaman, and he presents himself to the king. Now you see, 
normally in situations like this, there was a lot of pop and circumstance, right? There was just a lot of very specific details and very specific orders. But there's one thing that I love about the Lord is yes, the Lord is the Lord of order, but the Lord is the Lord of originality. And the Lord is the Lord of the humble and the meek. And so Naaman goes and presents himself before the king. And the king tears his robe and he says, who am I, God? I can't heal you. I'm nobody. But then the prophet, man of God, gets wind and says, hey, tell him to come see me. If he was already willing to do this much, tell him to come see me. See it all the way through. Number three, and I'm going to end with this. You got to be willing to sacrifice. Because you see, sin will always be sin in your life as long as you allow it to be there. But the moment that you allow Jesus to take over that sin, listen, it is no longer the ruler in your life. It is no longer the, the leprosy. It is no longer the addiction. He becomes the God of all. You got to be willing to sacrifice and let go and give it to Jesus. There's a young man who wanted to uh, photograph an eagle. He went to the mountains with them. He took the best camera he could buy, the best lens. You know, he talked to Dominique first before going, you know what I'm saying? And uh, went up to the mountains. Said, Jesus, please, I just want to see an eagle. I want to take a cool picture of the eagle. And he's getting a little, you know, down and a little depressed. No eagles are showing up. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, from the top of the trees, the most beautiful eagle you've ever seen. He quickly fidgets around and grabs his camera. I have my camera too. I should have pulled it out. That would have been the coolest prop. Man. And it's literally right here. And, uh, and he starts taking a picture. He's got it on the rapid. Dominique knows. It's like the rapid speed. He's taking pictures. Wow, what an incredible eagle. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Lord. What is that? And he sees the eagle point his head down and just shoot down. He goes, oh my gosh, I'm going to see it. He's going to get his prey. And he starts taking pictures. Here comes an eagle coming right back in the air because you see the eagle, when he hunts, he doesn't just claw it, he grabs it and then he takes it up to the most high of the heavens because you see only eagles can breathe in incredible celestial and clean air. We as human beings can't even do this. Only eagles can get up this high and breathe like no problem. So when he grabs his prey, he says, it's all right, I don't gotta fight you down here, I can fight you up here. So he grabs his prey and he starts taking it all the way up to the heaven. He's like, this is incredible. Oh, no, what? What is going He sees that all of a sudden the eagle is wrestling with something. And he sees that the eagle caught because he had an incredible lens and he could see that far. He had seen that the eagle had caught a, a weasel. And the weasel was smart enough to start biting his chest. And so here's this eagle flopping and trying to fight. And this weasel is simply just biting his chest and clawing at him. And he's like, come on, just, man, just let him go, man. Just... Let him go. I mean, you'll get the next one. Come on, buddy. And he's taking his pictures and he's like, come on, just let him go. Let him go, man. He's going to kill you. And all of a sudden the eagle just drops. 
middle of the sky. He runs. I kind of see this eagle running. Finds the eagle. And he's badly injured. The weasel's gone. And he looks at the eagle and he says, why didn't you let him go? And you thought it was going to be good for you. Why didn't you just let it go? Why didn't you just release it? Come on, you're the, you're the, you're the, you're the greatest of the birds. You're, 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 you're the symbol of hope. But why didn't you let it go? You see, sometimes we got to be willing to just let it go. Because a sacrifice many times isn't about what you're taking on. It's what you're willing to let go. You get what I'm saying? You got to be willing to let go. So here is Naaman. Goes to the king. He feels embarrassed. Then they tell him, go see the prophet. Remember what I told you about? He sent his messenger. It says in 2 Kings chapter 5. Verse 9, so Naaman went to the horses and the chariots and stopped at the door of Elijah's house. And Elijah sent a messenger to say to him, go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan and your flesh will be restored to you. But Naaman went angrily and said, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord, wave his hand and spot on the spot over me and cure me of my leprosy. And then he starts naming off some fancy rivers from where his hood is at. And he's like, aren't they better than this river? Isn't, you know. What, what, what makes this place so special? So he turned and went off in a rage. He was just, man, he was harboring all this anger because you know what? He already had lost hope. So he's like, forget it. What am I going to do about this? But isn't it incredible when God has a divine appointment ready for you? Because it says in verse 13, now Naaman's servants went to him and said, my Lord, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, grandiose, if he would have told you to defeat an army, wouldn't you have done it? I mean, you're, you're, you're the baddest dude on the planet. Wouldn't you have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed? And so the word of God says, so he went down himself in the Jordan, dipped himself seven times. Now, when you see a number in the Bible without getting too you know, theologian on you. You got to ask yourself, why is that number there? What's the meaning behind it? If you've studied the word of God a little bit, seven is a number of perfection. Seven, and many is referred to as a number of Jesus. And I believe that this was his Jesus appointment where, where he had lost all hope in seven dips he was going to regain it. And the word of God says that he dipped himself seven times. And after the seventh time, his flesh was restored. And the Bible says that he became clean like a young boy. Now, why does the Bible say this? Because I believe sometimes we think miracles are simply theories. And we forget that miracles are realities. Better days are coming. Yeah, 2020 was hard on all of us. 2021 has started off a little harder. You know? But better days are coming. Not just because a stimulus check is coming, you know what I'm saying? Like better days. <laughs> better days are coming. 
Because why? Because God is still there. Remember the story of the 10 lepers. So here are the 10 lepers. They throw themselves before Jesus and they say, Lord, have mercy on us. Why didn't they say, Lord, heal us? Well, because when they had leprosy, they were thought and trained to think they were worthless. And simply by somebody having mercy on them, that they would gain something. But I love Jesus' response. And he says to them, go, you've been forgiven and made well. Wouldn't logic tell you that Jesus would say, you're healed. Bam. Healed. But he says, you've been forgiven. You know how many times in my life I've heard God's voice tell me that same thing. You've been forgiven, son. Because so many times I find myself simply trying to do it by myself. And I ask myself, Lord, is it me? Like, am I, am I the problem? You know, what, what's going on? I find myself going on the highest of highs, but then I find myself finding roadblocks. Like, is it me, Lord? And then I hear God's voice say, hey, you're forgiven. And your better days, your best days are still ahead of you. Because every valley is an opportunity to look up to the mountain and say, here's my new blessing. And maybe you find yourself in the valley tonight. But here is God saying, look up at the mountain. Here comes your new blessing. Don't see it as the most incredible or the most difficult moment in your life. Look at it as the best journey that you're going to go on. And so Naaman was healed. And the 10 lepers were healed. Now, there's an important part of that story too. They all were excited. Took off running. The Bible says only one. Only one came back. And he said, Lord, I will worship you. And he told him, get up. Your face. Your face has set you free. He was not only forgiven, not only cleansed, but his face gave him a new perspective that better days are ahead. Telling you tonight, I don't know where you are in your life. I don't know what you're struggling with. Uh, and I don't know, I don't frankly don't care what leprosy you may be hiding from anybody else. But Jesus is the answer. He is always the answer. He's been the answer in the beginning. He has been the answer now. And the Bible says he will be the answer for tomorrow and forever and forever. Amen. He is God. So today, I encourage you. Why don't you give it to Jesus? So, with every eyes closed and every head bowed, I'm going to put it on gallery view here. But if tonight maybe you're dealing with some type of leprosy in your life, if you're dealing with something that you're just struggling with, that you are just, you know, that, you know, it's hiding under your armor, this armor of, I can do it by myself. Oh, I don't want anybody to know. But you know you have it in, underneath and you know that you need to change and you know that you need a miracle and you know that you need God's forgiveness. If you need that in your life, 
just right there where you are, you just lift your hands to the heavens. I'm not judging you. No one else is judging you. Like we said at the beginning of this, this is a safe space. Amen. So join me right there where you are in prayer. Heavenly Father, here we are as your children. Father, look at our hearts. Look at our minds. Look at our souls. Father, you know the depths of us. You know the reality, Father. You know what's real. You know what's not. And God, I ask that right now that you would come into each and every one of our homes and our lives. God, I ask that you would forgive us of our sins. Father, take away this leprosy. Take away these addictions. Take away, Father, these things that we're hiding from everybody else. And give us, Father, today our daily bread. Make us new again. Wash us seven times. perfect us. Lord, we just lay it down at your feet. We ask that you would just be in control. Father, we admit we have a problem. We're willing to do it. We're willing to make a sacrifice. So Father, we give it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen.